Welcome to Sasha Speaks. I want to thank all my audience members and listeners who have tuned into my channel. I hope you had a wonderful week. So I am bringing a prophetic word from the Lord. I always tell you guys and girls and gals to bring uh, what I say to the Lord to bring confirmation for yourself. So make sure that I'm held accountable in reference to what God is speaking because we are all one body in Christ and just as well as I can speak to the Lord and wait on the Lord to hear from him, you can do the same exact thing. So I'm just going to touch on some scriptures that I have been reading and I'm actually going to, then I'm going to go into what the Lord had spoke to me. So um, as I was praying, this was on the 26th um, of this month, I was asking the Lord what scripture did he want me to read, and he led me to Zechariah chapter 7, and then Zechariah chapter 8, the entire two chapters, so if you get a chance, I want you to like read those, you know, pray to the Lord and ask him what the Lord wants to speak to you specifically, and then read them in its entirety, and then see what you, um, see what you get from what the Lord is saying, and then, um, yeah, so I'm just going to go right into it. So I'm just going to give a summary. So Zechariah 7 to 8. So basically the Lord tells the prophet, Zechariah was a prophet back then. And he told, the Lord told Zechariah to address an issue that he had with his people and the priests at that time. So of course the people, the Lord's people is the Israelites. And just to give you some detail, um, if you read chapter 7, it mentions that they are the people of Bethel. The Israelites were the people of Bethel. And Bethel is a city, <clears throat> if you look it up, it, it was a city in central Israel, which was about 10 to 12 miles from Jerusalem. And it, it has some interesting history because when you look up where Bethel was located um, in the Bible too, it was actually where Abraham and Jacob came through. So Abraham was actually in Bethel in that area. Jacob was in that area. There's a scripture in the Bible which referenced Bethel when the Ark of the Covenant came through there. Um, there was also a time when um, idols were set up there too. So I would I like the history about um, like biblical places because it gives you a better insight of you know, how real it was instead of just, like, reading it surface level. So that's what I ended up doing. So, yeah, I just thought I'd plug that in to give you guys some insight about Bethel, which I thought was pretty cool. So, anyway, so Jagariah was told by God to advise the people to take care of the widow, the orphan, the stranger, and the poor, basically. And the Lord is basically dealing with Zechariah and basically telling him, and advising him to tell the people that they should stay away from exploiting them or oppressing them. But unfortunately, when Zechariah, he did obey the Lord, but unfortunately, when he did tell the people, they didn't listen. And because of this, it provoked God's anger and then eventually uh, led them into captivity. So the, the people of God refused to listen to him too. Um, that's basically what ended up happening. So, um, then as I was like coming to ending of seven and eight, uh, it, it, well, chapter seven, at least, um, there, that's when I heard the Lord speak 
but then I'm not gonna like mention that I'm actually gonna take a quick break so I can mention um mention chapter eight instead of seven my bad I said I meant to say I meant to say seven so we're coming to the end of seven but I'm actually gonna go into chapter eight right after this break Okay, so welcome back from the little break. So we were just addressing previously Zechariah chapter seven and what the Lord was speaking to his people and the people of Bethel at the time in reference to their obedience to him. And we were basically just uh, summarizing the chapter that he was basically telling that they should basically love each other, genuinely love each other, have compassion towards one another, um, but especially towards um, the orphan, the widow, the stranger, which if you the stranger is basically a person that's not from where they are. It could be a traveler or maybe even in our day, the term could be immigrant um, and the poor. So that's basically what um, he told Zachariah to tell the people. Sorry, that's the door closing. That's basically what he told Zachariah to tell the people what they should do, but they didn't listen to the prophet. And because of that, God had his wrath against his people, and then um, God allowed his people to be scattered among the nations, which led to their captivity. So now we're going to be transitioning to Zechariah chapter 8. So I might actually read a little bit of it, just to give you some insight. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. So, dun, 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 dun. So if you go to Zechariah chapter 8, I'm reading the Amplified version. Usually I read the King James, sometimes other uh, versions. But today I'm actually going to be reading the Amplified version. So the title that it says is The Coming Peace and Prosperity of Zion. So I'm going to go all the way down because the scriptures that stood out to me were very interesting. Sorry, guys. I had it highlighted, but let's see if I put it in here. Oh, yeah. So, if you go to chapter 8, verse 11 through 13, it says, But now, in this time since you began to build, I will not treat the remnant of his people as in the former days, declares the Lord of hosts, for there the seed will produce peace and prosperity. The vine will yield its fruit, and the ground will produce its increase, and the heavens will give their due. And I will cause the remnant of these people to inherit and possess all these things. And as you have been a curse among the nations, O house of Judah, which is the southern kingdom, and house of Israel, which is the northern kingdom, so I will save you that you may be a blessing. Fear not, let your hands be strong. And then if you go to Zechariah, Verses 16 and 17, it says, These are the things which you should do. Speak the truth to what with one another. Judge with truth and pronounce the judgment that brings peace. The courts at your gates. 
and let none of you devise or even imagine evil in your heart against another. I do not love lying or half-truths. For all these things I hate, declares the Lord. Uh, so I thought it was really interesting that he said that. he Zechariah received instructions from the Lord to tell the people of God how they should treat each other. And I really like the fact that he says, speak the truth with one another. And not only that, speak the truth, but then judge with truth and pronounce judgment. So I thought that was interesting because as people of God, we, we do have to hold each other accountable. But he mentions that we should speak the truth, judge, and pronounce judgment. Um, to, that brings peace. So if we don't speak the truth to one another, if, if we don't judge with truth and pronounce a judgment with one another, there won't be any peace. So we have to start being honest first with ourselves, but honest with each other so that we can really lift each other up instead of bring each other down in the body of Christ. And he also, the last thing too, uh, I thought was interesting, uh, not just the part that says devise or even imagine evil in your heart against another, but do not love lying or half-truths. So if there's anything that's not really true, but basically a half-truth, like there's some truth in it, but it's mostly mixed in with a lie, is basically a lie. Um, it, the Lord says, for all these things I hate, like he's really addressing specifics here of how we can, how they can create a uh, correct their behavior so i thought that was pretty interesting um but the promise that it gives though was the main thing as well that i've highlighted in how he said the remnant there's a group there's a specific group out of that generation that the lord chose out of his people um that he would basically reserve and cause to prosper and, and peace and prosperity and cause them to increase um, because of, you know, them listening to him, like he's basically in a fight for his people. And the, the thing I mentioned, and I'll mention again, like in my previous uh, podcast, I mentioned how to turn, uh, uh, how God can turn a curse into a blessing. He's promising his people this, but at the end, when it says in verse 13, he says, in and as you have been a curse among the nations, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so I will save you that you may be a blessing. Fear not, let your hands be strong. So he's encouraging them like before because of their disobedience. Their disobedience caused them to go into their own captivity. If they obeyed the Lord previously when, when the Lord warned them of what not to do and they actually obeyed, they would have stayed within the blessings of the Lord. Basically, they would have still been a blessing to the nations. But because they disobeyed, they it turned, basically, them being blessed to the nations turned into a curse, and then they ended up going into captivity, and then that's when all the craziness happened. But the Lord basically promised, like, he's going to now change it. Even though they disobeyed, even though they went into captivity, even though they made a mistake, even though they fell short, even though, you know, <laughs> what they sinned against God, the Lord still has mercy enough to say, "All right, I'm not. I'm gonna out of the generations that disobeyed in the in the, in the years of their disobedience and them having to suffer based on their disobedience because there's a consequence of that. They 
the Lord still had mercy to turn away from his anger and say, okay, I'm, enough time has passed now where you learned your lesson. So now I'm going to step in and I'm going to save and preserve a remnant, a group, a specific group of people out of your generation where now you're no longer going to live under the curse. You're going to be a blessing. So I thought that was something that I should highlight because I mentioned that previously in my podcast and when I was speaking about is my situation, my testimony um, about how uh, basically broke, yeah, bring a curse into a blessing, how God can change your circumstance if you disobey, which I disobeyed the Lord or you fell short. I'm referencing myself, but I'm also referencing um, anyone who's listening, like, as people of God, like, we, we all fall short of the glory of the Lord. The Lord, the word says that. And we may make mistakes along the way. We may mess up and, and sin and, and things of that nature. And I'm not, and just to let you guys know, like, I'm not saying, oh, it's okay to sin. It's okay. This is justifying why it's okay. And you should continue to, to, to habitually sin. Like, no, if it's a habit of you going and backsliding and doing something that, you, me and you both know that it's not acceptable in the Lord's sight, then we I don't have to tell you or, or try to poke fun at you and tell you like that's wrong. You already know deep down what's right and what's wrong. But there's a decision you have to make as well as myself to say, okay, I'm acknowledging what I did wrong to the Lord. It is wrong. I know there is a problem and I'm now turning. I want to turn away from that thing. And and literally surrender my life to Christ fully now, not halfway, but fully. And then that's when the Lord can step in and help you as well. Um, but it also takes you with help with friends and family who can hold you accountable. And it also goes into renewing your mind. Because if you're struggling with a specific sin, it's important to uh, change the way you think about certain things. Because a lot of times when you fall short, you feel guilty or shameful, and then you try to hide from God. And I know because I've experienced that before. And I just want to encourage you, like, you're not alone in that. You don't have to feel guilty or ashamed because the Lord knows your heart. And it's really the enemy trying to cause you to hide from the Lord. It's not God trying to hide, cause you to hide from him because he cares about you and he loves you. And I know I'm going on a tangent, but I'm, I'm bringing it full circle. So in reference to the to disobedience as a whole, like God is basically saying like, yes, uh, certain things will happen when you, when you decide that you want to disobey the Lord. Uh, certain consequences come with sinning and repercussions and things of that nature, just like regular life. Um, but God is still merciful. He's still gracious. And I guess this this is a great time to plug in what the Lord had spoke to me right after um, I was reading. And he basically, this is what he basically said. He, and like I said, you bring it to the Lord and take it from there. So I believe the Lord was saying this. Just as you have read, so it shall be with this generation. I'm bringing another wave of my wrath because of my people's disobedience. They are focused on too many worldly things rather than on me. I'm trying to get their attention, but they are not listening to me. So I will stretch out my hand and cause another shutdown. This will be in the winter season. Make sure you have stocked up on make sure you have stocked up on food. Many countries will stay open until the virus spreads. Many will have nowhere to turn but to me. 
warn the people, pray against what is to come. I am in control of all things. Who will intercede and repent on the behalf of the people? So that's what I got when when I was reading chapter 7. The Lord was basically letting me know and confirming like, this, what you read in Zechariah 7 is what can happen today. Like, don't ever think, like, I. it doesn't apply to us today when we read the Old Testament. A lot of times we read the Old Testament and we think, oh, that's just Old Testament. That's never going to happen. You know, God's not like that. No, God is an unchanging God. He never changes. So who he is is who he is. And... Um, yeah, we have Jesus Christ, which is different than it was before because back then the law was the law, was the law, was the law, but Jesus came to fulfill the law, which I understand completely. But when it comes to the Lord, the Lord is still the same. God is still the same. He can still give us grace, but there's still, he still operates the same. Like he still operates the same, even with Jesus. Like, yeah, he gives us more grace. Like he gives us more grace. Because of Jesus. Back then it wasn't as much grace. Like he gave us he gave them grace too. But again, it's it's the same. He's the same God as as yesterday, as today, as as tomorrow. And I believe the Lord was speaking this because he's basically telling us what he wants us to do, how he wants us to correct our behavior. Now he's referencing the body of Christ. So he's basically saying to us, like, we're focused on too many worldly things. And I and I have to even be honest, like, I have a tendency to do that, too, because when you live in this world, you get caught up in your own routine, your own way of life, your own way of thinking. You like, you in your mind, I got to go to work or I got to go to school. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. And then we just tend to forget about God and put into the side because we're so wrapped up in our routines and you can easily have it can easily happen but when you get too caught up in the worldly issues and politics and your family and personal issues in your mind where does God fit where does God fit and then when you pray you don't hear from him because in your mind you have so much on your mind that you don't even have time to really pray and that's not good either because, and I'm not trying to like call anybody out. I'm just speaking from my own experience. I've had that experience before where you get, I get caught up in certain things and then I just end up not spending time with the Lord. And the Lord doesn't want us to forget him because he's, he's the one who keeps it all together anyway. For he, he He's the only one that allows us to do what we can do, which is whatever we do. Whether it's go to school, come home, work, take care of the kids if you have kids, take care of yourself, whatever, talking to friends, talking to family. He keeps it all together. But if we don't pay attention to him, then what's the point of even believing in him if we're not going to spend time with the one who created us? So this is something that the Lord was saying. But you notice how he, he he's referencing another shutdown. Now, he didn't go into specifics. He didn't say locally where I live. It sounds like it's worldly. And I think some countries have already still kind of shut down right now. They're on lockdown. Other countries are open <clears throat> while other countries are locked down still. So I don't know where you guys are located, but I don't know if you guys are still open because of the pandemic or some of you may be shut down, but he referred to me. 
that another shutdown is going to happen. At least it sounds like in my area because we opened up in the United States. And there's no mask mandate anymore if you're vaccinated. And a lot of people think, okay, because I'm vaccinated, we're good. But when you think about the strands in the flu, the flu have different strands. Each year, different strands cause, it's still the flu, but there's different variants of the sickness, right? So it's the same with the coronavirus. Like the one coronavirus, when when coronavirus happened, they came out with the Moderna and the Pfizer. And I think there was like another one too. Um, but yeah, when they came out with these, with the vaccines, it was only for that one strand. <laughs> now there's another strand that they're talking about in the news, which I don't like to talk, read the news. I mean, well, watch the news that much. I research worldly news, um, BBC, a couple other different um, world news. There's one Indian news, news in India that I like, like to watch because they talk about the world as a whole, not just India news. Um, but American news is limited. They don't really talk about what's going on in the world. So I don't like watching that too much, but I get snippets of it. So the snippet that I got was they're talking about this, another strand that's called the Delta strand or the Delta coronavirus. It's another strand and they don't have a vaccine for the Delta. I don't think they have a Delta strand vaccine yet. They only have the, the strand they only have a vaccine for the one that we're dealing with now. So when you think about what the Lord is saying, it's like, okay, people are vaccinated now, right? And they're supposed to help your body create antibodies to read that strand. But what if another strand comes? Like they may have, you know, enough to like fight off. But if it's a different strand, they're going to have to come up with a different vaccine. That's just how it's always been. So he specifically mentioned in the winter season. To me, the winter season, okay, it's summer season right now. So most of the time in the winter season, most people get sick. So he's basically saying it's going to happen again and make sure we have food stocked up like before. So (laughs) when you think about it, it's like, okay, this is, this can happen again. And it shouldn't be like a surprise. I don't know. For me, it's not really a surprise because of how quickly everything is happening, at least in the States that I think, for me, I think personally people are opening up everything too fast, but that's just my opinion. Everybody has their own choice to do what they want to do. Um, but I can only go by what the Lord is saying. And the Lord is saying it's going to happen in the winter season. Make sure we're stocked up on food. And, um, once this happens, no one's going to have, have anywhere to turn again because they're He's mainly like addressing his people. Like we're not going to have a choice but to look to him. And he also told me to warn the people. So that's what I'm doing. I'm being obedient. But he also mentions too, like pray against what is to come. Because, and then he goes on to say, I am in control of all things. Who will intercede and repent on the behalf of the people? So we just have to pray. You know, the Lord can always change things. If you ever notice, and this is the last thing I'll plug in before I end. I don't know if when you read the word of God, if you ever notice something like this. I notice that when I read the word of God in the Old Testament and in the New, whenever 
someone who the Lord chooses to speak on his behalf to the people of God. A lot of the times, whenever that person prays for the people or intercedes for them, the Lord changes his word. Like he moves accordingly. And he basically, he works with us. So a lot of times we think of God like, oh, he's way up here. We're way down here. No, he really wants a relationship. And when we develop a personal relationship with him, what he does is this. He'll actually, it's almost like a partnership, like literally a relationship. You work together. He can do, this is the thing. He can do anything he wants to do. He's God, right? So I'm not downplaying the fact that he can't do anything without our help. He's choosing to to want our cooperation with him. That's how much he cares about us. And that's how much he loves us. That because he gave us free will, because he gave us free will to do whatever we want to do, because we can make a choice to either listen to him or disobey. That's how much power we have, right? He can't go against his word. So... He's never going to force himself on you, but he does, he's choosing to want to want us to work together in order to accomplish his will on the earth. If he wanted to, he can come down just like he did with Jesus to accomplish his will, period, and call it a day. But because, because of how he ordered things and how he created things, there's a balance and there's an order to things because God is a God of order. So when it comes to us, when he created us, he always wanted that relationship with us to continue and not to become stagnant. And this is the thing, because he gives us free will, a lot of the times we tend to go the opposite direction of him. But when we choose to obey him, his will can be accomplished on the earth. So that's pretty much what he wants from us. He wants us to come into cooperation with him. He wants us to basically partner with him. He wants to have a relationship, father, daughter, father, son, to the point where we're so close that we almost become one. Like, that's how close we are. Just think of a family member or a personal friend that you're really, really, really close to, that you know that you could talk to anybody you could talk to any you talk to them about anything like they know most of you all your secrets they know the intimacy of your heart what you want to do what your goals are what your dreams are what you like what you don't like like that deep 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 stuff even stuff that you don't even tell your parents stuff that you don't even tell you got to think of a person like that if you don't have one then the lord can be there for you but if you do just think of that just think of the lord that way and think of it like 10 times deeper, though. That's how close he wants to be with you. And once you get that close, you can start, he can then start using you to intercede for certain things. So if there's like a worldwide pandemic and people are in chaos and they don't know where to turn and you have people who don't believe in God, but you believe in God, you can then go to the Lord. And intercede for that person or those or people or nations, countries, presidents, politics, all those things. Not for your own benefit, but based on what the Lord wants, based on what he what his will is. And that's the relationship he, he ideally wants us to have. 
he wants to basically give us control of certain things. If you believe, okay, go back to the book of Genesis. And I know I'm talking a long time, but just once you hit it, go back to the book of Genesis, Genesis and reread when God created us. What did he give us? Dominion. That's dominion, authority, power to take control. He gave us control. He gave us control. He gave us control. And we lost that when Adam and Eve decided to disobey. But then he brought it back when Jesus came and died for our sins. He gave us back that power and authority. Now is the time for us to take back what belongs to us. So if there's things going on in the world that you don't like, you have the power and authority to change that. Don't ever think that you can't say you can't say the things that you need to say or people won't listen to you because you are who you are. No, you have to realize who you are in Christ. He's giving you the power and authority to do anything. Remember what the Lord says with man. Nothing is possible, but with God, all things are possible. So as long as you have the Lord with you, as long as you have God by your side, nothing can stop you. I don't know why this song, nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up. <laughs> I don't know if you know that song, but anyway, it, French Montana, but yeah, like you really have to start believing that because the enemy wants to convince you that you don't have dominion, you don't have power, you don't have authority, and you can't take back that control. I mean, God is in control overall, right? He controls the big, big, big stuff, but there are things that you can control too, and he's giving you the power and authority to handle it. And with his help, he'll always help you get get through it. So it can start with the personal things and then even go up to national things, international situations. And he'll begin to speak to you in dreams where you wake up, interpret that dream and be like, oh, this dream means I got to pray for Taiwan or I got to pray for China. I got to pray for Russia. I got to pray for Germany. I got to pray for Japan. I got to pray. You never know what God could do with you. But this is a time where we need to come to the Lord and seek his face and ask him what he wants us to do. But the main thing is pray. Pray for each and every one of us. Pray for the United States. Pray for your country. Pray for your people. Not just your family, but pray for everybody all over the world. Because everybody's dealing with something and they need somebody to stand in the gap. And if somebody falls short, you know, you just ask the Lord to have to have grace and mercy, you know, and he listen. That's a thing like he does. So I hope this helps somebody. I don't know, you know, who needs to hear this message, but I hope this helps somebody because it surely helped me. And that's what I've been doing is just praying, interceding for people. And um, I'll, I'll pray for you who's listening, too, because everybody need prayer. So. I hope this helps someone. Hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. It's actually really hot over here. It's like night should be. I think it's supposed to go up to ninety six degrees. Oh, hot, 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 hot. But can't complain. It's better than snow, right? But I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. If I come up, if something else comes up that the Lord wants me to speak, I will do my best to come back on here. In the meantime, stay safe, stay blessed, and we will talk soon. All right, bye bye.